up, everybody? Isaac, how's it going? Great. Happy holidays, buddy. You're looking sharp. Oh, thank you. I, uh, we haven't had a lot of players at practice. Uh, I coach basketball, high school basketball. Um, so for the past three days, I've had to participate in practice. Um, so I'm very showered. Which is not usual, not usual for me. Uh, I went, I like had a nice drive to the hoop today and went to lay it up. And uh, <laughs> like old my, old, my old man leg, like I just didn't jump. You know what I mean? I like took the step, knew it was the one I needed to jump. And I just maybe got like three inches of air <laughs> and was like, <laughs> and just like kind of threw it off the backboard. And uh, the player who was guarding me was like, oh, yeah, too strong for you. I was like, no, just my old man leg. I just couldn't jump. I didn't have anyway. my 40 minute warm up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. Uh, but it's been going good. So I'm I'm freshly showered. You as well, sir, are wearing uh, perhaps not your usual garb. Maybe usual yep. for everybody else. But look Christmas at that. Christmas have... sweater. No, I don't usually wear sweaters. Um, <laughs> I'm drinking a Boot Amber uh, tonight. Oh, hell yeah. For the holidays. Fun fact about Anderson Valley. They uh, are famous for having their own dialect, which is pretty interesting. Not, not as much anymore, but you know. Sweet. I have a limited edition Humboldt cider from our local uh, cider company. This one is the cider for the people. 7%. Nice. Also, now all of a sudden we've morphed into uh, Push the Point podcast all of a sudden. Oh, yeah. Talking about our brew dogs and stuff. Yeah, well, you know, it's it's the holidays. I figure we could just soft, copy soft somebody intro. else. Oh, no, yeah. just soft intro, you know. <laughs> uh, d- totally. Um, well, uh, we have a few topics we uh, have like prepared, but it looks like right away. Um, also, thank you for anybody who's here live. We're the Attack Action Podcast. Uh, me and Isaac do this all of the time isn't that cool so if this is for some reason the first time you're listening to this audio version of this live podcast or something uh it's a little different than our usual format it's gonna be a little loosey-goosey freeform uh a bit more uh goofatile than we usually are that's a and new we have word. A, it's a college we- word <laughs> We uh we have a question right out of the gates. Yep. You ready? It's pretty hard hitting su- too. I'm super ready. All right. So Michael Fraser says, "What up? First time, long time. LOL. Stoked for the live cast. I've been wondering how you guys compile your info when trying to figure out the competitive medicine and preparing for it outside of reps." Cool. Also, what's up, Thor Mike? Thanks for the great question, as always. Um. Outside of testing, I mean, really, it's just like back and forth uh, banter, right? And a lot of theory, like we go, okay, well, this deck obviously performed well, right? So like, and this is uh, super topical, because we're just like going over this right now. 
like earlier today. We've been talking a lot about this, but we're like, okay, so uh, Michael wins with Oldheim at the Calling Orlando. We obviously know like Briar has a really good showing, uh, etc. You know, but the issue you run into is that a lot of those data points that we have are like few or from like different countries where uh, maybe there's only a hundred flesh and blood players in the entire country or something like that. So not all nationals are, I think, actually equal. So that kind of like makes it the sample size even smaller, right, that you have. So then it's just like a lot of talking back and forth. Like, okay, Icelexi beats Briar, still really hard, but loses super hard to Oldheim. So is Oldheim better than Briar and Icelexi? How does that play into Bravo or Viserai? And it's just like a lot of back and forth talking and, and people coming up with good points or uh, counterpoints, just kind of logical uh, conclusions. Is that about right, Isaac? You have more to add to that? Yeah, a bit. Um, it's especially t- like yesterday, I like took a picture of my notepad and messaged everybody like, I'm losing my mind, you guys. I can't figure this out. Because <laughs> it's just like, yeah, you just go in circles. Like uh, I wrote down all the heroes and who they lose to, right? So Briar obliterates everyone and then loses to like three decks, you know? Um, I really like Ice Lexi. I think that's pretty strong into a lot of decks, but then Oldheim is just a nightmare. So then you start thinking like, well, if I'm most likely going to lose to Oldheim and L- Oldheim is like a good meta call, you know, that, I mean, maybe you top eight with Ice Lexi, but definitely don't win. Is that where it puts you, you know? But then you start going, well, Viserai, you know, obliterates Oldheim. And has a good good matchup into Briar, right? Um, maybe struggles into Ice Lexi, maybe not so much. I'm not sure. And then you just go like on and on um, because there are, you know, five, maybe six top tier decks at the moment in this convoluted rock, paper, scissors. <laughs> so it's been pretty, pretty tough. And then we're going to have New Zealand and Australian Nats, which will yeah. heavily influence us. And then we're going to have Everfest, which will make obsolete some of our, uh, you know, strategies or data points or whatever. But um, I think in the past, you know, when you're just targeting Chain or you're just targeting Briar, it's like a lot easier, right? Like, honestly, nothing really efficiently beats Chain except Chain. But, you know, that's what you kind of have to target, right? Like, no, I, You mean like in the Monarch meta or you mean the current meta? No, Monarch meta. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. So then, but then it's easier, right? Like you have to have a good game into chain and then also aggro Katsu, maybe Prism, maybe Bravo, because those are the things trying to combat chain or just more chains, right? And that kind of simplifies it. But right now, like Taylor pointed out, we don't have the Nat season was just this condensed um, time period with not a lot of time to, you know, for players to adapt. So we just, uh, we don't have a lot of data on what the meta is going to look like after a, a lot of time. And I think the Everfest wrench thrown in there at the very end, right before the pro quest is uh, pretty funny and awesome. It's going to be wild. 
Yeah, it's super wild. So, yeah, the uh oh crap crap sticks. What was I going to say? Uh I forget now. The current state of the meta according to coach Taylor. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, no, that's that's pretty good. Yeah, uh I I forget, you know. Oh yeah, it's, so it's like now the focus isn't so much like finding the best deck. It's like finding the best couple of decks and like getting pretty good with them so that when Everfest comes out, um, oh, that is what I, I remembered I was going to say. But when Everfest comes out that you can like pretty quickly like add in the best cards to whatever your deck's doing and see if anything's like strategy drastically changes and stuff because in those first couple of weeks like all those pro quests i don't think the i mean the meta will change a little bit but it's not going to be like i would be really surprised um if there was like a rogue deck that just went bananas on everybody you know my other point to what Isaac said about in contrast to like the Monarch meta, which is going to be great when we have like uh, more metas. <laughs> also, we can turn this into a drinking game every time we say meta or Icelexi <laughs> or something. Um, here's looking at you, Mike Popovich. I know you got you got a handle of something going on. Um, the difference between that meta and this one is when looking back on it, like Isaac said, like we knew we had to beat Chain, but like in those early days, you know, it was like who knew what was going to happen, you know? And that's what it kind of feels like right now. Like what what really is like the best deck and what is like rock, paper, scissors -y or stuff. And this is kind of how I think maybe a more developed meta will uh like look like in the game hopefully in the future is like there's a front runner who's really strong and then uh decks start to target it and then decks start to target the targets and so now you just have to have like kind of uh a deck that's a little bit more well-rounded and kind of have to make a, a meta call right like okay what do i think is really going to be represented like I've been starting to think about when we head down to the bay for some of these pro quests, like some people are pretty into like guardian and that sort of thing. So maybe is Oldheim going to show up way more or is everybody going to be on like Briar? You know, I don't know. So two things. Nice. It always feels like with the release of a new set, everybody's just like, this is intense. Let's fall back to Bravo. Bravo's really good. Because you know, <laughs> yeah, I feel like totally, Monarch totally. came out and there was like Bravo is really strong in the beginning. Then uh, Seeds got banned and Tails came out and then everybody kind of like falls back. Bravo's just really good, you know. So until yeah, it like yeah. really uh, develops, you know, maybe Everfest comes out and Bravo gets new tools and then everybody kind of like falls back onto that. Um, yeah. And the tough thing about the current meta and like the good thing also is that, you know, a lot of our considerations have like a pretty hard loss right like ice lexi loses to oldheim oldheim loses to viscerai you know uh briar loses to ice lexi and it just like goes around like that right. in um, a hypothetical situation here yeah, too not yeah. certainly not every game um yeah yeah by any mm -hmm. means but just yeah. in general 
as far as matches stack up. Uh, totally. Next question. Uh, okay, that was a great well, you question. Got anything else about that? Really got us going. No, <laughs> I don't know. I'm just pretty excited for ProQuests and uh, getting to schedule those into my schedule, and then so we know where they're going to happen. You know, watch out, Oregon. We could be making the trip up there. Speaking of going to Oregon, I was planning on going to Seattle for Christmas, and the weather is bananas right now, or is supposed to get bananas. Oh, yeah, five might be snowed over, huh? Yeah, totally. Snow level goes down to like 1,000 feet. Hot weather <laughs> lower. everyone. Yeah, if you're driving I think... on I-5 in Northern California and Oregon and Seattle, it could be crazy. And then there's like gale force winds from the coast also. So in like extreme rain. So it's then it's like can't even drive up the coast maybe. I mean, you could, Jeez. but it could be dicey. Anyway, that's what I've been also dealing with today. I think I'm going Keep... snowboarding. So that's pretty exciting, actually. <laughs> Sweet. Uh, okay. Hit me with that next question, baby. Uh, Mike Popovich. Have you guys oh, ever nice. dra drafted Welcome to Wraith? Any tips? So this is a bit pertinent because uh, the farewell armories are coming up. Yeah. Uh, I think he has also a second comment in there. Mike Popovich does. Can we just read? Can we get to that real quick here? Oh, sure. Oh, Drinking yeah. a custom blend of Wild Turkey 101, Ardbig Scotch, and a local barrel strength rye. All at once? That's a lot. Good job. <laughs> it's a, you know, it's a blend. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you know, you just you put well, all just, your favorite things in a cup, and yeah, it. you have three different bottles, and you just equal parts. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> cool. Um, okay, what was the question? Oh, drafting. Welcome to Wraith. You you know we have uh, a few times, but it has been a long time. Yep. I would say noting how many razor reflexes you see in the draft would be notable um and like remembering those sorts of things that like right defense reactions are super good you know like uh what is it sink below and yeah. unmovables in that set i think and flick flax but that's class specific oh yeah um, yeah so so like that and all of the reactions uh add for like a way spicier decision tree while defending um so yeah i this i haven't drafted this set very much but it's just rifting it's it's a little bit more straightforward right like taylor said if you get a red razor or a red sink below or you know just strong generics early um go ahead and grab them, right and then just paying attention to what you're getting wheeled right like if you're getting you know, wield like red leg taps, right? Or like, um, you know, strong um, warrior attack reactions or something. Then uh, after you pick those first few strong generics, if you keep getting past those uh, strong class cards, um, you know, you'll you'll kind of figure out what your seat is. I think, and uh, I think there's a bit of a 
um, kind of knowing how the characters play in draft, which I know is impossible to know <laughs> before playing. But like, for example, one thing that really surprised me was Dorinthia is like, if you don't get enough go again for your weapon, Dorinthia is like really bad. Um, but if you do have like a lot of driving blades or whatever, then she becomes very good. So, you know, I would say I identifying uh, the strengths of each of the characters in draft, um, you know, Bravo turning on a Nothos, things like that. Uh, you know, will will help you, you know, you could just sit down and, you know, go through the card gallery and kind of look for. Yeah. And like Bravo's for. ability says cards that cost a certain amount, I think, Three right. They, yeah. They don't have to be yeah. guardian cards. So that's like important to remember while drafting since he very rarely runs non-guardian cards and that sort of thing uh yeah those are my tips i hope you have fun mike also uh shout out to uh we got some portland folks in the house shout out to you uh kevin shout out to dante friend of the pod dante we gotta have you on the pod bro and then a shout out to patrick mr jones he's a local Local up and comer, probably winning armories since me and you haven't been there. <laughs> <laughs> nice little live shit talking. <laughs> um, yeah, totally. All right. All right. You're the question, question man, apparently. Also, um, uh, wait, before you get to that next one, uh, big ups to uh, Colin, our producer. He's uh, behind the scenes aggregating running the stream, aggregating all of the questions and stuff. So much love to Colin. He's doing a really great job right now. He's probably very sweaty. Because he lives in L.A. Because it's hot in L.A. That's why. You people. Great shout out. (laughs) Um, All right. Next question is uh, from Hell Puppy, a new patron of ours. What's up? Oh, yeah. Um, Shaka's bra. Do you think the meta would change a bunch if they just let it sit right now? It also has a follow-up question. Uh, what are Isaac's thoughts on Shiver? But let's talk about uh, the meta. How much do you think the meta would shift if they let it sit for I I think know, say would, three months? I think there's still a lot to be discovered, you know? And a lot of counters to happen and that sort of thing. Like, if it seems like the consensus uh, is that people are kind of not sure what the actual best deck is, right? Like we've talked about, like there's a number of things that could be pretty good. Um, and I think we would see that kind of sift out a little bit, you know, like, I don't know how many more, how much more legs Lexi has. Um, it's, that might be like a, uh, if you know the meta you're going into a bit more, might be a really good call or something. This is hypothetical. I'm not really sure, but stuff like that, I think would be, um, what happens more. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I'm going to disagree a bit. I don't think the meta would change a lot. Um, I do think that uh, this is all hypothetical. Oh, you I could be you totally mean wrong. like in terms of like, so we, let's say there's five, five uh, 
tier one decks or whatever um you think that we, we would just stay with those same five like dash or dorinthia is not making like a resurgence or anything like that is that what you mean nope yeah yeah nope, no i way. i also agree um, with that 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 would not happen i think that so to me i think that briar is kind of by far the strongest deck um because even when it's particularly targeted it still has a pretty good matchup into it and uh i think that given a little time to sit if briar players could um get better at uh you know pitch stacking or sideboarding or setting up big combo plays to efficiently beat old time then i think that that would be the deck to play it's already a bit more resilient against ice lexi um you could tech in sigil of sufferings or you know whatever the the call is against bravo um aggro bravo uh so i think that i think we'd see a few adaptations but i think that um briar would kind of reign after solving you know those issues it has or those counters it has that's just what i would anticipate but we're getting everfest coming out so you know none of that much matters unless you're in new zealand or australia yeah totally i get pretty uh I don't know, revved up when you say Briar's by far the best deck, which I just I uh, wholeheartedly disagree with. I think it would change, and it would be like an arms race, you know? Like, it would come out with a new permutation, so then the other decks would change to counter it also, you know? Like, then you just go even more of a, like a gigantic Sonata you know, viscerai situation, like, <clears throat> you know, the deck would need way more blues uh, and then run Arcane Barrier, you know, to even kind of have a chance anyway against, like, a big Runechant Sonata situation. And then its power level is, like, lowered significantly by having less red line cards. So... Sure. Um, um, just to but, clarify... Like you said, it doesn't matter much. You know. Yeah. Just to clarify, I don't think Briar has a over fifty percent win rate into every deck. When I say it's by far the best, that's not what I mean. Just when you look at every one of the top decks weaknesses or poor matchups, I think that Briar has a less I don't know. It has a better chance into its poor matchups. Right? Yeah, it's it's just like easier to play. Um, I think it has a better game into like Oldheim or Ice Lexi than other decks have into their, you know, bad matchups. Mm, so that's why okay. I think it's the best deck. Yeah. You know, I gotcha. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not that it's just over 50, you know, it's not like chain out there or anything, but. Right. Yeah. Anyway, so that's Monarch. Monarch chain. Yeah. Yeah. Because chain's still out there, bro. Chain, chain is very prominently out there. Totally. It's because he's not wearing a shirt. <laughs> I don't know. Um, uh, what are my thoughts on Shiver? So I did briefly consider Shiver as a sideboard options, uh, option to counter aggro because you can pump, dominate an arrow, and then uh, dump into Shock Charmers to you know really, really hammer down. But all, pretty much every... Uh, 
meta deck out there except Lexi has quite a bit of armor and the flexibility afforded by Voltaire being able to go pretty wide and uh you know have like three or four different hit effects across three attacks I think makes up for the kind of linear game plan Shiver has I mean I I know there's probably a world where you you know have a ton of pumps I don't know Shiver's just a bit too too linear of a game plan for me, and especially in this kind of wide open meta, uh, the flexibility of Voltaire I think is is better, even in an ice deck. But I understand the kind of want for Shiver, the like underdog of the underdogs to like have a place for sure. You know, totally. guarantee your hit effect, and then shock charmers at a bunch. Yeah, Sounds great. totally. <laughs> yeah, coming for four, dominate. Um, I also like to mix and match my hit effects with Lexi. So because the arrows apply to each attack down the chain, you can often have like a chilling effect and frostbite effects applied. Whereas if you're only playing one arrow with shiver, then even if you shock charmers, you're still only pumping chilling ice veins effect to like, you know, pay three or discard three cards total. So pitching a blue you know, helps that or, yeah. you know, blizzard bullets, like three frostbites, but I think the mix and match is, uh, you know, definitely much more effective at stripping cards. Great. What I got. Yeah. I think, uh, earlier this morning when Colin beat the pants off of me with Lexi, uh, he should have beat the pants off of me even more. I feel like we missed some chilling ice vein oh. triggers. Yeah, those arrows, well, if you get a handful of arrows, they don't do anything, which is really terrible. But the fact that they apply to all attacks down the chain is pretty nuts. I feel like there was a turn where I was just like tilted off the world where he like chilling ice feigned me into remorseless or whatever. And just, I think maybe, (laughs) yeah, I don't know what happened. And we probably like missed the like chilling ice vein trigger off of remorseless or whatever. Yeah. Pretty annoying deck. Anyway. Um, next question. Um Patrick asks, um, referring to earlier when you mentioned our deck building episode was our most listened to episode. Um, he was asking is since we've both gotten better at the game since recording that, has our deck building philosophy changed since then? I would have to re-listen to that episode. <laughs> um, uh, I don't know. I don't know, like, what I've learned. It's more like uh, the the biggest changes have been knowing what decks you're going to face and what cards to sideboard in, right? Like, I think that's, like, the next permutation, probably, off of what I can remember from that episode. Um, so, like, beyond, like, all of the the testing and the, like, you know, rigorous note-taking and... Uh, making sure in the math of ratios and that sort of thing is then like 
figuring out again what like cards you need to make your matchups more winnable um from what i remember i think it's stayed pretty similar right like taylor is very good at um building a deck with a game plan and um getting reps with it to improve his efficiency and making small tweaks and then collecting data on that and um you know kind of building the best engine and the best you know getting the reps to pilot it the best you can um i think part of my i kind of like to in testing and i don't really know if this is good or bad but i like to kind of explore new lines a bit right so like well if i if i take this more aggressive approach in you know in the face of this problem like how does that pan out for me later it's a very and then poetic I way of saying 16 damage, I'll take it. Let's see what happens. <laughs> so then, so then if I lose, I'm like, oh, that didn't work out. But you know, like part of my uh process, I think, is like trying to explore more lines and add more to the quiver. Cause every once in a while you'll, you know, find a new trick or a new line that you did not previously consider. Um so I don't know. Yeah, you're you're very much a uh, throw a bunch of stuff on the wall and see what sticks type of person. Yeah, every once in a while something does. <laughs> totally. That's a cooked noodle. We're ready. All right. Um, so we kind of already talked about Dante's question. Thoughts on the current meta, more or less solved? Or do you think that there's still room to innovate and potentially find the next Briar Killer before Everfest hits? Is there anything you want to add? Yeah, I don't, I just don't know if they're, I mean, maybe, yeah, I don't know what the next Briar Killer is. I would say some decks probably have to fall out of favor for some others to potentially do really well, you know? I do know that, like, it, it's starting to very feel, feel like it's moving a bit more mid-range overall. You know, like the game is starting to actually slow down a little bit. Um, and if that happens, then maybe like Reinar comes back in and just wrecks house, you know. Um, but yeah, I I don't know if it's like. Yeah, some stuff, some stuff would have to drastically change, I think, just with what the current quote unquote best decks are right now that the innovation will come from those and how they're played rather than a whole new situation coming up. Yeah. I don't, I don't think they're like Dorinthia is going to come kill Briar or anything, but um, I do as think much there's as a, some of us would like that to happen. <laughs> I do think there's a bit of room for innovation. Like I don't play Bravo, so I don't understand what kind of consistency issues he faces, but is it just seems like aggro Bravo also has a place, right? Because you have quite a lot of armor, you block very well, and then good weapon. Some, yeah. And some of your um, really debilitating crush effects are not really too expensive, you know, like spinal or disable or crippling crush. Um, you could definitely squeeze in there. So I don't know though. I don't know much about Bravo. Next question. Also, <laughs> okay. what's up? What's up, Dante? Um, did you want to add something to that, Taylor? 
No, I just wanted to say everybody's doing a great job in the chat and that sort of thing. Thanks for all the questions. Yeah, definitely. Um, from Hell Puppy again, do you guys think copy and paste decks are bad for the meta? You mean net deck? What? I don't know. You Clarify yeah. on what copy and paste decks are. Like, well, it's, it's not my question, but... I know. I see, I see a lot of people... My question just, also wasn't for you. I see a lot of people just copying the best decks instead of trying to make ones to counter the top decks. Oh. Is that the... That's the rest of it? Yep. Oh, okay. Uh, I mean, it's in an, an inevitable part of every game, right? Is that uh, Joe Schmo works 9 to 5... He's got uh, four kids, but loves flesh and blood. Doesn't have time to like deck build and do something. So he's 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 got the time off work to go to the calling. So uh, he's just gonna net deck the one he likes and play that and just freaking go for it, you know. Um, I do think that there needs to be more innovation in the community. Um, but that is kind of a product of actually how small it still is. Like, I think, you know, Isaac and I would have been much more motivated to find uh, maybe some decks or strategies sooner if we had really planned on going to more callings or nationals instead of like last minute. So that's like, partially on us also as uh leaders within the community well, but isaac uh, did do a great job pushing the meta forward for sure uh with ice lexi but i mean i think it's it, my big thing the takeaway the thesis the wrap up the summary is that it's uh the community's just small and the game's new so as it grows and is old more people will be able to innovate and that sort of thing. Yeah, I agree a hundred percent. Nice. It it just like takes quite a long time just to even like, for me, it takes me quite a long time to like lay out my cards and theorize and then it takes more time to test and, you know, develop your theory. And it's also just like, you know, especially in the situation where Briar comes out, Lightning Briar, and there's just very limited time before U.S. Nationals or like many of the Nationals. It's kind of a big risk to take a deck that you think counters it and the rest of the meta versus just taking Lightning Briar, right? Like you have a better chance of winning the event, especially if you have limited testing time, if you take Lightning Briar, right? Because I did pretty well, but... For, you know, there's also like plenty of old Heinz, well, not plenty, but some old Heinz and Ice Lexies and Viscerize, et cetera, that did not, right? So um, I guess I'm saying it's it's just like a bit of a bigger risk. So if you're trying to, you know, really win an event, then, um, you know, net decking and then doing your own testing off of that and learning how to pilot it, I think is just you know, just the, the best yeah. call for some people. If you, if you're trying to be as competitive as possible, uh, that said, I think in this game, um, especially piloting 
and sideboarding plays a pretty big role, like knowing how to play the matchup that you're going to play. So I think that that hampers just straight up net decking to some degree. And I kind of like that about this game that it, you know, maybe rewards uh, deck brewing or at least like taking a deck and making it your own. Yeah, totally. Yeah, you still can't just be like, it's not a game where the deck pilots itself, you know, even as much as like uh, Briar or Cheerios Briar is like on the spectrum of decks that are have a difficult time to play. It is perhaps uh, slightly easier. It's still like you still need to be practiced and be a good player, you know, to uh, be able to like win at the highest levels. Could you just spike your freaking armory with uh, Terex, uh Cheerios Briar list? Maybe. I don't know who's at your armory, you know? So, yeah. And and, the, and really the only way to get better at deck building and innovation and that sort of thing is to do it. You have You have to do it, you know? Because if you dip your toes in the water and you're like, all right, I got this idea. And then you're like, ah, I just like lost. That didn't work. I suck at this. Right. Like you're never going to give your chance, give yourself a chance to like get better at that. And it takes a lot of practice. Like Isaac is like a really good deck builder for sure. Uh, but, uh, he does it a lot, <laughs> you know, and that's why he's good. It is. It's not just because he's just like, I don't know, has like the correct genes for it. He just practices it, you know? Yeah. Thanks. It also interests me, but you're also a good deck builder, you know? Thank you. You uh, solve the um, control issue for chain all by yourself. All by myself. You know? Just through hard work yeah. and smart, smart thinking. <laughs> um, anyway. Uh, Not to say that, like, I think Arsenal Pass and that sort of stuff were proponents of how to do it as well, I think. But I'm not trying to say that I was the originator of pitch stacking. Oh, yeah. Sorry. And and Rift Bind for 57 with Go again, you know? Making claims for you. Um, Anyway. Dang. Now I don't know what I was going to say. I don't know. Next question. Yeah. So uh, just last thing on that, Um, like you said, you might like build a deck and just like get annihilated in your first game, but there's like two factors there, right? Like uh, your deck might be really bad into that matchup or bad in general. You might have like sideboarded incorrectly or you might have piloted it incorrectly, right? So I think you need to kind of have a feel for all three of those. And sometimes you can move in and out of you know, all three uh, rather than just changing one card and having to try it a bunch more. But, um, you know, that's important to recognize, right? Like I just got the living shit kicked out of me. Uh, I think I played it pretty poorly. What else can this deck or this core group of cards that I put together do? So if I sideboard differently, can it get me there? You know, and then you can try it again, maybe. Um, I think it's pretty important. Because Recently, it's pretty demoralizing to spend a lot of time theorizing being like nice and then just get annihilated. Yeah, I literally just went through that very recently and was like, Ooh, that sideboard idea was bad. Let's try this one. <laughs> Dang, 
also bad. Okay. I think the deck fundamentally has to change. So, yeah. yeah. Um, bold prediction time from Popovich. What deck wins Australia and New Zealand? Also, imagine if Chain had a mustache. That's what Colin said when we were on our, like, Chain is really out there oh. type of deal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice way to slip um, that in there, Colin. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess so. It also could be Popovich's question. That would be pretty hilarious as well. Sidebar. Uh, he would be cooler than he already is if he had a mustache. That's the, the answer to that. What wins New Zealand Nationals? I'm going to go... I, wanna, I want Viserai to win. So that's who I'm picking. Nice. It's my favorite hero. So I like that. And then part. Australia. I'm going to say Oldheim wins Australia. Nice. Very yeah. similar. I'm going to pick Briar and Oldheim win one of each. Um, wow. My pick would 100% be Viserai. <laughs> but it's that deck's qu quite a bit harder to pilot. I mean, not taking anything away from the good Oldheim or Briar players, but uh, Viserai is a pretty fluid deck, which makes it very strong and pretty adaptive. You can have a few different strategies. Um, but just the more nuance or decision points your deck has the more chance you have to make mistakes so naturally the the harder to pilot a deck is the harder it is to win one of these big events with it with uh so many games to play unfortunately but um without that being a factor i would say you know viscerai might be the you know the pick nice Totally cool. So I, I hope it also is Viserai. I mean, Rosetta one for five is bananas. Right, because of an extra rune chant. Yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, it's very totally. strong. Just, just making sure you're keeping your chops because Rosetta is two and two. Yep. And so if people are going to get mad at you in chat. No, but I'm so actually correct. So. <laughs> <laughs> well played, sir. Well played. All right. Next question. What's your guys' opinion on traps? Think they should be phased out or made more playable? Uh, traps are very cool. And I actually forgot they existed until this moment. <laughs> Do we get yeah. more traps in Everfest? No, we don't need more traps. Oh, okay. Why unless not? they're unless they're made more playable. So I've I mean I thought about this. There's this scenario, right, where you with Lexi um or or Azalea, I guess, in New Horizon, you can you can have a trap sitting in Arsenal face up and then play around it and then just block with it when the time comes. Whereas Azalea's issue has always been if you run too many traps and then you put a trap into Arsenal and they don't attack you efficiently or whatever you'd like have to get it out of the way but i also think traps are very cool in a really cool design space and mechanic that lss has introduced and then kind of like abandoned and never like fleshed out which that can be part of our drinking game fleshed out <laughs> pun um 
you know, it was like pretty disappointing because it was a bunch of rare slots in Crucible and they're just like pretty bad. I mean, you know, I've found uses for Pitfall Trap to close out, a like you can pitch it and close out a game with it or Tripwire Trap, but the downside is just like too great. And um, it would be really nice if they introduced like a piece of equipment or some sort of mechanic or other cards that, you know, behooved you to have traps in your deck. That would be awesome because... They are. They're very roguelike, you know? Yeah, that would be cool if you had a legit weaponless hero. Like, they just don't have a token weapon or something, you know? I don't know. Like, they have a a lair. I don't you know. <laughs> a ghillie suit. Yeah. Traps. <laughs> yeah, totally. And that's how you win the game? I don't know. I don't know. Don't, uh, uh let's not go down that hole where it, it's going to get too weird. All right. Chris asked us, have you incorporated Shock Charmers into your Lexi deck? Uh, yes, I have. Uh, the upside is pretty Chris, great. Is Chris the guy who was like on your deck tech? Like, you should use Shock Charmers. They're very good. No, Chris, our, our patron Chris. Oh, okay. Up, My bad. <laughs> um, <laughs> that was just a funny comment from months ago yeah. or whatever. Uh, I did yeah. not actually own Shock Charmers when I went to Nat, so um, did not use it. Uh, yeah, the upside of like firing an arrow for seven go again and then threatening to dump into shock charmers if they don't block or just go wide if they do block is uh, pretty insane. There's also situations where you will, um, you know, have a hand and draw off a three of a kind and you might have more resources than arrows and you have somewhere to put them uh also well you have a resource sink in voltaire but having a resource sink is also kind of handy sometimes for um just cycling cards uh i have reincorporated bracers back into my deck the kano matchups very strongly favored for me but i still like having nolren three and uh oh, okay makes sense it, i may use it for viscerai because it has i like having grapplers for the cnc counter so um having the bracers would give me a null rune just for, I don't really want to block, but in the early game, I might want to a bit. Uh, don't, don't know about the Viscerai matchup, but also it could have um, applicability. Like I've been looking at it for the Oldheim matchup, right? Because they rarely let you hit and be able to dump into shock charmers. So the flexibility of going even wider on a particularly huge turn I think um, would afford you more damage. Mm. So, braces is back in, but yeah, shock they're back, baby. Is, shock tremors is really good, like really good. Yeah, the sometimes you can lightning press and then shock tremors. So it's like you know you surprise them; it's guaranteed to hit, and then you shock tremors a bunch. And in <laughs> certain matchups, like against more fatigue style decks. Uh, the ability to pay for damage while not losing cards also has like some degree of value, even though it's, you know, a bit expensive. So yeah, where are you going to say? I would, no. Well, we just did a recent like popper format and I played chain and I realized how much I missed grasp just for the simple fact for getting to like use some extra resources for an extra damage, you know? Yeah. Um, that's like pretty huge. Like turn one, you can like make a rune chant 
make a shackle and arsenal and pass is like yeah pretty freaking great yeah when your cards yeah when the when that's all gone when that's taken away from you you don't realize how good it actually is yeah so all right all right next question uh top ranger cards you want to see in everfest pumps ice on hit effects or traps any idea on what on hit effects might be a new inch be new and interesting gosh so you're so popular that. all of these right. ranger questions <laughs> uh this is the last one for a minute you got one coming up um i don't know uh ice Ice Lexi feels a bit linear. There's only like two arrows that are any good, um, just in my opinion. I do run a couple of flake outs because they proc off the other ones. But um, so another ice arrow with some type of hit effect would be nice. Um, Lightning's a little bit more flexible because you can run stuff like Heaven's Claws and you can apply your lightning effect to, you know, Exude or Snatch, for example. So it feels like it has, um, you know, it has a little bit more flexibility. Uh, I haven't really thought about new hit effects I would like. I'm more interested in some sort of equipment or mechanic that, uh, you know, maybe, I mean, it would be sweet if Azalea could use Voltaire, but some sort of mechanic that... uh you know, it would just, just expand, you know, Azalea or the Ranger class. Um, sorry, that was a pretty poor answer. I don't, I haven't been brewing ideas for many new hit effects. <laughs> yeah, I, I like really want to speculate, but I have no idea. Speculation is way easier when we have like a few more cards to go off of. So, yeah, I don't know. It's not really fundamentally like that. I think Ranger needs hit effects. It's just like different ways to apply them and use them. If that makes sense, right? That's what I... Uh, not a Ranger enthusiast, a Ranger hobbyist. Yeah, there you go. Um, let's see, next question. I guess what is you the, I don't can know. You not hear me? Or you just had nothing oh, to no. say? You like lagged out a bit. So oh, I was okay. just smoothly <laughs> moving on. Whatever he had to say. <laughs> did you have a did you have a prompt for me? No, I just had uh I just said some really cool stuff that you just didn't oh, hear. So it's whatever. It's happened. It's in the past. Missed out. I'll have to go back and listen. <laughs> Sorry, I ruined your you being professional. Great job. <laughs> Why aren't you responding to me? Yeah. Um, I don't know what TLDR means, but what is the TLDR for why Viscerai has good matchups versus top, top decks right now? Uh, wait, say that again. What is the TLDR for why Viscerai has good matchups versus top decks right now? Oh, right. Yeah. Too long didn't read. That's what that means. No. Yeah. Um, uh, just cause the deck is like just really, really flexible in its game plan. 
Um, and it seems like, well, and it doesn't seem like the inclusion of like Sonata and Creepers and then that kind of combo with uh, the Skeleta just makes for like a turn that's like really hard for your opponent to stop. You know, there's like no arcane barrier six, you know, so if you can get off a big Sonata turn, you just deal five damage right there and then have a bunch of rune chance and cards still, you know, so that's just like uh, a good play against a lot of decks that they can't stop, if that makes sense. And the fact that just the split damage now uh, it has always been hard to deal with, but now the consistency in which you can have multiple attacks on the same combat chain uh, that deal split damage is is uh, just really hard to deal with. You know, you come in with like a mob skies and a meet and greet for four physical and like two rune chance. Um, you definitely want to stop that meet and greet, right? Or else you're going to get like, uh, you know, three more rune chance on the next attack. So you got to take two to save for the next attack, you know, from those rune chance and that sort of thing. Hopefully that makes a little sense. And then you're coming in with like your weapon and whatever rune chance you made and that sort of thing. So that's uh, just like hard to deal with, even for Oldheim, who has like a bunch of different ways to block cards and stuff. It's still hard to block rune chance efficiently while paying for like crown and the shield and his defense reaction, you know, that sort of thing. Hopefully that makes sense. Yeah, um, I would just add that. Yeah, like you were saying the ability to build a big combo strategy, you know, to address issues like uh, facing old time or, you know, like deep control and being able with the same, you know, core deck flex to, uh, you know, that really good mid-range game, right? Where you, you're talking about like Mauve Skies into any four attack into Rosetta is like, you know, uh, 10 to 13 damage. And it and is be, like a single blue card pays yeah, for it, and it easy can be like any attack um you know and then you run that along with uh quite a lot of armor and then you know say your fourth card's a defense reaction in there um it just makes for really good efficiency in the mid-range game as well as the like combo game you know um yeah yeah it, it just yeah like isaac said a lot of a miniature fridge and just the inclusion of creepers too to like output that extra bit of damage is uh is really good to get an extra action point and and that sort of thing is just huge you know yeah all right taylor which is your favorite uh which hero is your favorite and what buffs would you want to see come to that hero who asked that one? Somebody we haven't heard Hell of puppy. before. Oh, nice. Hell Puppy's crushing it right now. <laughs> um, also funny to say on on air, Hell Puppy. <laughs> we love dogs. Uh, sorry, say that again. I got distracted. 
Um, here it scrolled. Oh yeah, no problem. Uh, just drinking crap Taylor. cider. Yeah. Which yes, hero Taylor. is your favorite, and what buffs would you want to see come to that hero? Yeah. Okay. So yeah, Viscerai is for sure my favorite. I don't really know what the deck super needs. Uh, there are some cards like you don't utilize too much that I think are really cool. Uh, like uh, Blood Barrier, I wish was easier to play. Um, in like Blood Spill Invocation is also very cool, but impossible to play as well. And like, I think maybe there's uh, a world where Sutcliffe's Notes is pretty cool. Um, now I'm just listing old cards, but the okay, this is the real thing I want for Visrai is there to be for some reason. I want a reason to run the Dread Scythe. That's all I want. I just want to Dread Scythe people to death. You heard it here, Dread Scythe thing. Nice. That's what we want. I don't know what that would need, you know, because it would need like a separate strategy from building rune chance to go over the top which is i don't know how you do that right you maybe need to have an aura out every time your weapon deals damage it makes a rune chant i don't know and it costs like six i don't know but because like the uh if you just block with all of your cards and don't set up like a rune chant combo then the deck is like pretty underpowered you know, even when you do set up rune chance, if you do uh, six chance and play red amplify the arc knight, which just comes in for six, that's just a straight 12 and it's easily blockable by like most mid range decks. Just like boom, two blues, two cards from hand. I spent all this time dirtling around to make these six rune chance and play this card, and now nothing has happened. Great. I stripped four cards. Cool. But now I don't have any rune chance, and they blocked all my damage. So now I got to start that whole process over. You know, classic arcane rising meta shit. Oh, nice. I hear uh, Tommy um, Fresh is in the chat. Tommy Fresh. He's the best. He's our bud. Anyway. Uh, Go ahead, Isaac. Who is the reigning people's champ? Colin. Next question. <laughs> Yeah, totally. In our hearts and in our souls and in our minds and in our pants. <laughs> Style it back a little bit. Oh, okay. Sorry. I know it's the holidays. Woo. <laughs> um, just kidding. Uh, yeah, we'll give uh, Tommy Fresh from Fresh and Buds his question since he uh, just hopped in here. What would a podcaster's hero ability be? Great question. That is a great question. Nice. It's got to be late over there on the East Coast. Um, <clears throat> podcaster's hero ability be. What are we really good at? Talking? You know? Like, below average on editing the podcast. Uh, average at scheduling the podcast. I mean, I don't even think we're really that great at talking. We're just pretty good at being friends. <laughs> <Okay>. Agreed. 
So that's what it would be. It would be a dual-sided card, and it would be host or co-host and then co-host on the other side. That's what it would be. And so they would both have 20 health and have two separate kind of okay abilities, but you could flip back and forth between them once per turn. Nice. I like the co-host flipping. Nice. Cool. Tommy says uh, hits once a week. That's pretty good, too. (laughs) Or for us, twice a month. I was thinking something about like rifting or using all of your research. You know, you get a bonus if you play out all four cards in your hand, right? Or you uh, put two back in the deck and then draw three random cards and you have to play them all out. Otherwise, you uh, take some popularity damage (laughs) or something. (laughs) Nice. That's a great question. Uh, I'm going to need more time for that one. Yeah, totally. Excellent. Um, All right. Where are we going next? What are also, your... uh, just sidebar, we're slightly over an hour. I don't know how long you want a podcast for, but, uh, you know, whatever. Oh, it's up to you. Cool. We usually go for like two hours, but yeah, maybe we'll, we'll end sometime soonish, I guess. Yep. Sounds good. Cool. Um, what are your holiday beverages of choice? Uh, eggnog. Next. Um, maybe water. Water's uh, a classic though. Maybe like hot toddies. It's pretty oh, good. Oh, do we mean alcoholic beverages? No. Oh, okay. I'm going eggnog. <laughs> I just went there first. Thanks. Oh, I just assumed you meant eggnog with booze in it, but I guess that's because oh, no, like I just meant drinking eggnog. at the holidays. <laughs> yeah, it's great. I love eggnog. I went to the store today and was like, I should get some more eggnog. And I was like, no, I've already had enough. I should <laughs> wait until next store's trip to get some more eggnog. <laughs> nice. Eggnogged out. Totally. Well, no, I'm just trying to pace myself. <laughs> uh, um, all right. Next question. If you guys were to get to put a new hero into the game, what would it be? <laughs> and what would be the name? Jesus. I have no idea. I really do like the... Like, we've talked about this a lot, but we just really want a necromancer or some type of, like, summoner where you're the the quiver of cards you can play out or, like, ally tokens are all different. I think that's really cool. Yeah, um, besides Pano, obviously, the number oh, one yeah. choice. Yeah, yeah. Um, if, if anybody gets that reference, uh, let us know in the comments. It's from the old school. Yeah, and you, you get plus one to your friendship with us. Maybe plus two. <laughs> um, I, I think some sort of a druid would be very cool. And I don't know if that entails summoning you know, like having ally friends or you could, uh, you know, transform into different forms, right? Like if you transform into a bear, you're very strong. Or if you transform into an eagle, you get, uh, I don't know, opting abilities and uh, I don't know, 
defense or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. But some sort of character where you can flex into a different role and then capitalize on that role, I think would be pretty cool. Some sort of transformation. That is cool. Love it. Thanks. Yeah. Um, I think I'm getting a call from LSS, actually. Been nice working <laughs> with you, Taylor. Uh, I'm going to go develop nice. my Druid. That's so funny. I got a real phone call right when you said that. <laughs> But not from LSS. I was like, oh my God, they're calling me too. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. It must be a million o'clock over there. Or, you know, seven in the morning. I'm not sure. Um, thoughts on future sets being named after different kingdoms, etc. Oh, like, so we have Tales of Aria. So then like uh stories like, from solana savage savage land set etc yeah 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 um yeah we're i mean sounds cool <laughs> nice yeah totally. Um, i i do like that naming convention better than like monarch being like who's the monarch in monarch what is that a reference to you know, I felt like there was some sort of storyline that uh, was about to emerge out of that, like Crucible, and then we had uh, Monarch, and then nothing happened, and now we just have Tales of Aria. Like, come on, what's the the overarching story here? I guess if they have like a, th it would be too hard to then. Uh, develop the game freely around you know you're already constrained a little bit yeah you know what i mean yeah i think the monarch was i mean it was like the dark coming for the kingdom of solana which is kind of the ruling um castle or city of the lands so i assume that the monarch lives there but yeah it felt like woefully undeveloped right like the whole stage was set with that flavor and then it was like yeah, we don't know who the monarch is or how that panned out. But yeah, totally. Chain got banned, you know. That's what happened. They threw him I'm... in the jail. <laughs> well, Prism shut him down. That's true. The hero of Solana. How many friendship points is Johnny Blue Razor? Oh, uh, one and a half, like half a point. Good question, though. I don't he gets know. He a thousand. He's also my brother-in-law, so uh, oh, you know. Is oh, is that what Mitch said? No. Oh, Popovich asked that. Oh, okay. Yeah, if you just know the references, well, okay, we'll put Pano at a friendship two point count, and then Johnny Blue gets to be plus one. There you go. One one friendship point, Mike. You're welcome. What about a hybrid hero, like warrior guardian kind of deal? Um, I would caution that this kind of idea, I mean, so one of my favorite things is like splash in, um, in games, right? Like you have your deck and then you can splash in 10 cards from any other class, which I think is really cool. But uh, I think as far as the developers are concerned, that complicates testing a bit because then you have a lot more potential combos etc to worry about being broken um 
so specific combos like warrior guardian uh you know could work like a lot of um are you kidding me then you could like out for blood a nothos or something you know what i mean you just like definitely get attack reactions yeah (laughs) yeah you could twinning blade it and the the god combo give it go again with glint the quicksilver i guess you can't pay for it again but you know yeah no definitely there's there's some cards that are kind of restrictive to their uh particular strategy but then there's other you know cards or heroes that are uh extremely open-ended so being able to you know combine more card pools uh you know overpower playing playing with fire there like the generic pool is one thing they make them kind of underpowered and small pools of cards right but if you can mix and match um might get a little wild pretty fun though love it 100 percent thematically uh, yeah. probably a nightmare you, for lss if you could pull off getting a nothos to six and attacking with it twice with dorinthia that would be pretty nuts i guess that's the same thing though yeah put a well no dawn blades ability gets a counter dorinthia just lets you attack twice which i guess you could do that with like uh, right titans fit i don't know okay never mind it's too it's too crazy but you well, could it, play overpower on uh a nothos and it could go to 12 which is pretty cool yeah um i mean the new hero could have some super restrictive uh hero power right like leviah or something where if you're not running her cards you just have no bonus and suck right so but suck more yeah just kidding leviah's great Well, we're uh, out of questions there. Oh, perfect. All caught up. Well, then, you know what? That means that it's time for Pick, Pass, Pray. Yes, I'm ready. Let us know in the chat. Signature segments, yeah. Uh, We'll be a little bit behind you, but we'll get there. Okay, so it's a draft scenario. Isaac, I'm going to give you three cards. You're going to pick one pass one and pray one comes back around are you ready i am also sidebar what are we gonna do when everfest drops then we were drafting everfest cards that we can't actually draft in real life Hmm. good point uh cross that bridge when we get to it okay good luck future isaac (laughs) yeah (laughs) uh first card up is rejuvenate it's an elemental action this one is red, so it pitches for one, costs one, defends for two. And it says, gain three life. If you have fused this turn, you may play Rejuvenate as though it were an instant. A wise warrior takes time to rejuvenate. <laughs> it's got to be some of the worst flavor text. Okay, second card. Strength of Sequoia Blue. Pitches for three, cost two, is an elemental guardian action aura, and it defends for three. As Earth Fusion, go again. When Strength of Sequoia enters the arena, if it was fused, create a seismic surge token. At the beginning of your action phase, destroy Strength of Sequoia. Then the next attack action card you play this turn gains 
plus one attack. Okay. Third card. Frazzle. Blue. Pitches for three. Costs one. Is an elemental ranger action arrow attack. Attacks for three. Defends for three. I know. The text is so, ti- is so tiny. <laughs> Attacks for three. Defends for three. Uh, it has lightning fusion. And if Frazzle was fused, whenever an attack card... Whenever an attack would deal damage this turn, instead it deals that much damage plus one. Okay, Isaac. Which one are you going to pick, pass, and pray comes back around? Uh... So another sidebar, these are not the three best cards in the pack we opened. Taylor's doing a, a Christmas crisscross. Huh. Um, so with no other information, pretending this is pick one, I'm going to pick Strength of Sequoia Blue. Uh, I think it's pretty terrible, but it's a blue and blocks for three. And in the you know off chance you your seat is old him, and you find yourself a bit light on blues, you know, this is a solid blue blocks for three, right? You might not have to pass up that oak and old to get more blues into your deck or whatever, right? You can, uh, you know, have this one ready. I'm going to pray Frazzle comes back around. This is, card's pretty worthless because if you're drafting Lexi, you will get wheeled blue arrows for free at the end of every round. So blue arrows are not in high demand. Uh, however, if you are going pretty hardcore uh, lightning Lexi, um, the more synergy your deck has, the better. So this might have some value um, in that case, right? Uh, also, blue arrows do function with shiver. If you get a pump and play a blue arrow, then uh, it can still you know, hold its weight or pull its weight. Um, funny thing about Rejuvenate, when we did the Tales pre-release that Friday in Vegas, I was actually trying to make Rejuvenate work. I thought that there was a reason that this card was in the set and yeah, would too. like, I wouldn't pick it, you know, high up, but I would like, I'd grab a red one and then I'd put it in and be like, you know, okay, so if I'm going to play, uh, uh, you know, I don't know, like a two cost attack, like I'll, I'll get rejuvenate arsenal it and then next turn or the turn after when i draw like a two cost attack oh sick i'm gonna play that fuse it play rejuvenate and then arsenal the and it's just like it does not really come up (laughs) that uh arsenal slot and card and you know it's just like sadly has no functionality so so passing on that despite my high hopes in the beginning all right, that was quite a lot of rambling. Taylor, what's the correct answer? I think that's such a funny uh, strategy you had. Like, I'm going to pick Strength of Sequoia, but my real strategy here is that I hope Lexi is actually open and I pivot partway through this pack and get wheeled this frazzle at the end. It, it would happen. Bold. What a, <laughs> what a scenario. I love it. <laughs> the cards are so bad, I've made up a whole new situation that's going to happen. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to pick Rejuvenate. And the reason is it's the card that keeps me the most open and these other cards do nothing for any other sort of strategy. 
And so just picking Rejuvenate just is like, I could play this if I really needed to in any deck. So totally fine. Nice. Um, the card I would like to wheel is Strength of Sequoia. So that's the one I'm praying that comes back around. Because I would, uh, I really like playing Guardian in uh, Tails Draft. So I want that signal that, I mean, even though if Strength of Sequoia is still in the pack, it doesn't mean uh, diddly <laughs> that Guardian is open. But that's my hope, is that it's uh, that Guardian is open and I can play Guardian. And then I'm just going to pass on a blue arrow. I can't even tell you how many times, like, you open a pack and you're just like, okay, blue arrows. I don't even register which blue arrows they are. You know what I mean? Like, nope. and maybe I should. Like, nope, oh, okay, if lightning's open, these blue ones will work somehow or something, you know? No, because not even lightning Lexi is picking blue frazzle. It just gets wheeled back around, you know? Yeah. They're, they have yeah. no information. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Cool. Um, all right. That's what I got. Well, um, good, uh, good, con- you know, competing views. Oh, yeah. Parody. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, if anybody in chat uh, has any more board games from the closet, uh, Isaac, never mind. This is your, your segment. You have your little ditty you like to say. Oh, sure. Did you want to pass on this board game? Is that why you're... Oh, no. I'm just saying if there was more. Just explain oh. the segment if nobody knows, you know? Here at the Attack Action Podcast, we love to play many board games, not just flesh and blood. Uh, we both have giant closets full of uh, many, many board games that we love. So sometimes we like to share one of those with you. Now, this might not be the best game in the world, uh, or necessarily our favorite board game, but it is one we love and we hope you will enjoy. And this time for our live podcast, we asked you, um, our listeners, to suggest a board game. So uh, Mike Popovich has uh, recommended Pandemic Legacy Season 2. Um, I love legacy board games, uh, so I'm glad you are also a fan of those. Taylor, do you have more pandemic experience than me? Would you like to? Uh, I do. Having game? lived through the world's kind of first pandemic. Um, yeah, if anybody else has. <laughs> yeah, has none, more... of, none of history happened before this. There's never <laughs> yeah. been a pandemic. <laughs> I'm important. Uh, if anybody else has any board games that they really like to play, throw them. Throw them in the chat right now. Blast them up. Make Colin's job really hard as he copies and pastes them over to us. Um, that'd be great. Colin's been uh, killing it. Totally. He's really been crushing it. Also, I think Mike Popovich has turned into a part of uh, the drinking game that we've started tonight. So retroactively, you have to drink for all of the MPs we've dropped. Um, I have not played season two, and I'm only still partway through season one. I just have a hard time playing board games recently for whatever reason, um, but would like to play more of them. But I hear Pandemic Season 2 is like everybody's coming out of their holes of an apocalypse or something. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, but I do like the legacy game idea and would like more board games to have that. Pretty soon, our copy of Frosthaven 
the sequel to Gloomhaven should be around, and I can't wait for that. It's going to be so fun. That's what I got. Yeah, legacy games. Just games get so much better when they become a legacy game. Um, we're huge fans. Uh, you just really go on an adventure with your friends over months, and it's uh, pretty great. Next game up, Elder Sign. Roll dice to investigate the horrors of Arkham alone or as a group. I'm not familiar with this game, but the art is very a la Arkham Horror, probably because they're both Lovecraftian in flavor. Um, Taylor, have you played this game? Uh, yeah, it's not bad. There's like a slew of the like non-Arkham Horror card game games, like Elder Sign and just Arkham Horror, the board game, that are like all right for me. They're like, oh... Maybe there was an earthquake just now. Actually. Well, that was wild. Or a very large truck just drove by. Well, if all of a sudden my ceiling starts crashing down on me, you know why. Or whatever, you know? Huh. Speaking of, we just had a very huge earthquake. Well, not huge, but, uh, you know, a pretty intense earthquake here. And, dude, my house is solid. Not a single thing tipped over. Oh, nice. Mine the, is on the liquor store. Everything was just like bottles broken everywhere. Like it was really gnarly all over. And I was like, huh, nice. Good job, Isaac. So yeah, a little side note. Yeah, totally. My ancient house is basically floating off the ground. And it was apparently pretty crazy in here. I was not home when that happened. Hmm. Um, but it could have just been a large truck drove by. Sometimes that happens. <laughs> Anyway, uh, anything that's not the Arkham Horror card game, I'm just like not as into because I think that game is really good and all of those other games now just don't do as good a job as that game does. That's my thing. Sorry, Thor, Mike. I would play Uh, it with you, though. If it doesn't have a grab bag with a tentacle token, that might be a a pro, though, of that game. No, they all have tentacles. Everything's a tentacle. All right, what else we got? What else did we see? Um, let's see. We got Mixtape Massacre, Seven Wonders Duel, and Ohanami. Nice. I have not... I've played a lot of Seven Wonders, and it is not very wonderful anymore. Maybe the Duel is okay. I've never played Mixtape Massacre. Sounds scary. And Ohanami sounds cool. Build the most zen Japanese garden. Oh, that sounds great. I love being zen. So, awesome. Well, if there are no more of those, thank you for your submissions. Thank you for listening and being here with us for this whatever long amount of time we've been here, hour and a half. We really appreciate it. It was very cool to do a live podcast and answer live questions and not have to come up with content for once in our lives. So, we thank you. Yeah. Happy holidays. I uh, came up with a number of prompts, but we'll just save those for later. That's great. Totally. I like having stuff yeah. in the bank. So thanks you were for very uh, worried. Thanks for chatting with us. Okay. Nice. Uh, big shout out to Colin again, the wizard of Oz behind the curtain right now, crushing it. 
And uh, yeah, check us out on social media. If this is your first podcast, go follow us on Twitter at Battlebro Isaac, at Battlebro Taylor. We're on Instagram, Facebook, at the the Attack Action Podcast. We have a Patreon. Go check that out. We're we're not doing like there are some rewards like you get some cool stickers you might get a play mat uh but really it's just if this podcast is entertaining and has value and you have the financial means to support us just a little bit for all of the free podcasts we do we would really appreciate that and then you get access to our discord and you get to hang out with hell puppy and mike popovich and us and uh we have some like discord specific social events and that sort of thing and it's quite a lot of fun so yeah if you want to be a part of that community uh, go ahead i think we should call colin the the kano of wraith you know like the wizard of odds oh nice kano of wraith yeah totally i like that we could just call him the wizard of wraith That's more literate. Anyway, go uh, follow us on social medias and stuff. Uh, Like and subscribe. Leave us a review. That would be cool. Apparently, that's like an important thing. So uh, I think Spotify now does reviews for podcasts. Uh, And uh, that would be cool if you did that or if you're an Apple user, Google user, whatever. Okay. That's... uh, that's all of my plugs. You got anything else, Isaac, before we wave goodbye to everybody? Have a wonderful holiday. That's so true. Have a great holiday. We'll see you in the next year. Everfest. Woo! Goodbye. Bye, everyone.